Thanks for checking out the Christian Life Austin podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to check us out at clcaustin.com for more info on how you can connect with us. We trust that you will enjoy today's message. Thank you for listening. And I just simply say, you can go ahead and tweet this, hell can never defeat a grateful person. As long as you remain grateful, hell can never defeat you because you realize where your help comes from and where your hope comes from. And so today, I've asked God to allow me to pull back the layers of my life and be totally transparent with this wonderful audience at CLC today. Your pastor six months ago preached a marvelous message from this pulpit that I listened to on your church app. And uh, isn't it neat that you can, you can check up on people and see what their heart's saying and you, if you have to miss church, you can, you can check up and you can still hear the message. Well, he preached from Romans 5 and I would never dare to try to compare myself with him. But something that he uh, uh, read in his text, God gave me. Uh, a text, and I believe a rhema word for this day from that text of Romans 5. Uh, Romans 5. And the great apostle Paul wrote these words about uh, uh, our hope of salvation when he said, Therefore, verse 1, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord hath done for us. Is there anybody in the house that's grateful for what Jesus has done for you? You can't be defeated if you remain grateful for what Jesus has done for you. And then he goes on in verse 2, because of our faith, Christ hath brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too that when we run into problems and trials, he says, for we know that they help us to develop endurance. Everybody say endurance. Endurance. Problems and trials will bring endurance to your life. And then the Bible goes on to say, and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this is my text today, verse 5. And this hope, the hope of salvation, this hope will not lead to disappointment. I want to talk to us today about this subject, a hope beyond disappointment. A hope that goes beyond your disappointments in life. And there's not a person under the sound of my voice that it's somewhere you have, you have experienced disappointments or you will experience disappointments in your life. I've come to bring good news to this audience today that God has a hope that transcends disappointment. God bless you. You may be seated. It has been exactly today, 195 days since mental illness took mine and Sherry's precious daughter from us. Your pastor came to Fort Worth and
preached our dear Allie's funeral. She was 40 years of age. She was a, a kid that started reading at age three. She was a 4.0 student throughout her educational process, both in school and college likewise. A double major at Texas Christian University became a mother, a great high school teacher. But she dealt for many years with a mental illness that progressively got worse of dealing with anxiety and depression. I want to just say publicly today that mental illness is not a sin. It is something that some people in this audience today will deal with. Maybe you have dealt with it. Maybe you are dealing with it now. Thoughts, images that come to your mind and to your heart that sometimes you have difficulty knowing what to do with and how to control it and how to bring it under captivity. And I must confess that this is the only the fourth time that I have spoken publicly in the last 195 days. It's been a long drought because for the previous 49 years of my gospel ministry, I have spoken on a weekly and, and a basis multiple times for all of those years. But now, in the season of life that I find myself in, experiencing the unwanted elements of life and tragedy, it's almost as if God has said, sit down, Ron, and, and, and hear what I'm saying to you, because I'm going to attempt to give you a rhema word. I'm going to attempt to give you a word that is going to bless many people going forward. Now, I dreaded this in all honesty and in all actuality because I knew that I was fixing to go on a journey of learning. And for 40-plus years of pastoral ministry, I thought that I had a pretty good grip on the handle of the suffering and the anguish that there was in our world. Because you understand that for over 40 years of my life, Every week of my life, there was a certain number of uh, my congregation that would find themselves in circumstances, hospitalized, struggling, not knowing what the future would hold. And the personality that I have, I love to do life with the people that, that I lead and that I pastor. And so therefore, I spent a substantial part of my ministry and my life ministering to people in those circumstances. There was never a week that went by in my life and ministry that I would not receive phone calls from people that wanted to talk about their problems with their aging parents or perhaps their struggling and faltering marriages. And then there were others that were at a complete loss as to what to do with their rebellious children and the seasons that their lives and their world was going through. And over that 40-year span, I was called on often to preach the funeral many times of a blessed saint of God 
that had lived a long life and then was carried into the arms of God's paradise. And yet there were times that I was called to stand in difficult circumstances and there to eulogize the life of an individual, a young person that was taken away very, very, very briefly. Their lifespan lasted. And I assumed in my naivete, I assumed that that was just the way the world operated. It was a world in which people would face their struggles and then they would deal with their struggles and they would get through their struggles some way and yet there was always a small sliver of humanity that was afflicted and was suffering at any given time. But may I stand in this pulpit on this fall Sunday morning in Austin, Texas and confess to my audience that May the 10th 2016 shattered the reality of my seemingly well-planned, insulated, and manageable life. For Sherry and I had lived our entire life in a transparent manner, and yet we had attempted to deal with what we viewed as just the normal physical and psychological and spiritual challenges of our children with grace and dignity going forward. We were blessed by a whole host of loving friends that surrounded us. We were surrounded by caring physicians that we loved and had personal relationships with. And we were blessed with the resources to do what we thought was best within the context of our own family bonds in dealing with the struggles of life. However, I must tell my audience today that one phone call on that May afternoon changed everything in my life and in my world. Everything that I had ever believed was now suddenly on trial. And everything that I had ever stood and told anyone else, whether it was publicly or whether it was in private, was now on the witness stand being questioned and cross-examined by my thoughts and by my emotions and by my feelings. My lamentation became synced with that of Job who wrote the oldest book in the Bible. And as I joined the fraternity of the anguished and reached to understand the chaos of the unexplainable, I began to know what real heartbreak and what real struggle was all about. And ladies and gentlemen, since that day, I have found myself forced, forced by these circumstances to enroll as a student in the graduate school of grief. And oh, the lessons that began to come into my life over the past 195 days They become real, they become poignant, they become tangible. But the good news is that I stand for the fourth time in six months and I am honored to be here today at the invitation of your leadership to simply pour my heart out to someone that is here. Could I tell you that I shall endeavor to be totally transparent 
and honest with you today as I tell my story. It is a story, yes, of tragedy. It is a story of loss. It is a story of pain. But I'm glad to stand here this morning and tell you that it is also a story of triumph. It is also a story of hope. It is also a story that I will live again and I will see the goodness of the Lord and my life will thrive again. I sent this little picture over to your audiovisual people this morning. Uh, obviously, it's not a Van Gogh. Uh, really, look at it, it's just two birds on a wire. I'm glad that whoever painted this, it was probably a, 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 an amateur artist at one of these group hug painting sessions that are going around now. But my dear wife Sherry saw it in a thrift store and it so spoke to her that she paid the ultimate price of 25 cents for it. My God, I've gotten more good out of it already. Than a quarter. But I want you to just look at it. It's the picture of two birds on a wire. One of the birds looks kind of like I do. He's kind of fluffy over there with the yellow beak. And uh, just looks like uh, well preserved and taken care of. I told the last service that I'm not too fat and I'm not too thin. I just pooch out where I ought to pooch in. There's not any of the rest of you that ever fight that battle. But I, I, I'm the bird up there that just, just, just kind of felt like that I had it all going for me. But the other bird does not look as well taken care of and preserved. That one's life is, is, is not seemingly going as well as the other one. And, and yet the other one seems to be talking to the one that, that, that is listening and is drinking in. Let me just simply use this simple analogy of the screen cover today to say to somebody in this house, I don't know where you are on your journey. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what wire you're resting on for a moment today. But can I tell you by the anointing of the Holy Ghost that you're in a safe place today. Wherever you're resting There's someone in this house today that have walked down the road before you. And who better can speak into your heart for whatever you're struggling with than someone that has walked down that road before you. I simply say that there's only two ways that I know of to learn anything in life. The first one is by experience. And the other one is by listening to someone that has walked the road before you and loves you without you ever asking for it. Let me just preach to somebody for a few moments today that you are in a safe place today to receive a word from God. And I have come to tell this audience today that no matter what your disappointments are in life, 
I am here to tell you that my God has a hope that is available that will go beyond your personal disappointments and struggles in your life. Let me, let me, be, let me be transparent for a few moments about what I'm learning. There's five things that I am learning from God in this season in my life. Number one, the first thing that God wants out of us as his creation is that he so desperately desires that we get to know him and that we fall in love with him. That's what makes God's heart beat. He wants to know his creation. Touch your hand, touch yourself. There's not two people in this room today that are just alike. God made every last one of us in this room with a different DNA. There's something special about God's creation. And so God says, I want you to really get to know me and I want you to love me. That's the reason that when we come together as a body of God's created beings, there's not anything that God wants or desires any more than our free will worship that we offer to God because we know Him and we love Him. Is there anybody that came to worship God today? Amen. The second thing, the second thing that I am learning is that God desires us to learn to love one another. Oh, hallelujah. Think what kind of world we would live in if we lived on this side of eternity the way God says we're going to live on that side of eternity. You know what? I think we would stop criticizing one another Oh, help me, Jesus. I'm going to meddle a little bit. This little device has changed the world. Some for good and some for bad. I don't know why a lot of people just insist on going on social media to run one another down. To always, to always have something negative to say about somebody. Could I tell you today that the church of the living God ought to get a vision of using technology for the good of our fellow man rather than trying to run each other down? Come on, somebody help me today. Somebody help me today. The second purpose that God wants us to learn in life is that we learn to love others. The third thing that God is teaching me in this graduate school of this season of my grief is that God wants every last one of us to begin to grow up spiritually. Heard about a little boy that fell out of bed. And boy, he crashed down on the floor and his mother found him down on the floor crying and she said, Son, what in the world happened? To which he answered, I guess, Mom, I stayed too close to where I got in this thing. 
There's a lot of people that just want to stay too close to where they got in this thing and they find themselves struggling. Could I bring you a word today that God does not want you to stay close to where you got in this thing. He wants you to go from the milk of the word to the meat of the word. He wants you to begin to grow spiritually in him and grow up in Christ Jesus. The fourth thing that I am learning is that God wants me to practice serving my fellow man. You know what my family is doing to honor our daughter's memory on this first Thanksgiving? Instead of us having a big Thanksgiving dinner like we have had for all of the years past, Sherry, my son, his wife, we are volunteering at the mission of Arlington, Texas. And instead of us eating Thanksgiving dinner in the warm confines of our domicile and our home, we're going to serve over 6,000 people a Thanksgiving dinner simply saying, God, we're not going to let our tragedy and our pain keep us from serving our fellow man. Somebody needs to understand that when God takes you through something and you go through a season of pain, don't waste your pain by just living for yourself. Allow your pain to drive you to bless someone else. And then fifthly and finally, I simply say that we're made for a mission. God is wanting to teach us what our purpose is. For many years, the number one question that was asked to me as a pastor was always this. Pastor, can you tell me what my purpose is in life? Could I just simply speak to somebody's heart today? That your purpose is probably involved in something that you have been through. Because the, 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 the greatest learning situations of life is really born out of the pain or the experience that you've had in life. And therefore, who is better prepared to help a veteran coming home from the war than you as a veteran that have been there in previous times and previous seasons? Who is better able to speak into the life of others than someone that has gone through a storm in their life? God has taken the ministry of the pastor of this church. And I remember, I remember being at his side when he was walking through a season in his life in which in one moment he lost his wife and his precious son all in a car wreck one Friday afternoon. I remember the call that I received. I remember all of those things as if it was yesterday. But because he turned his thorn of grief into a ministry of grace, look around you today at CLC, and there's people of every race, people of every background, people of every ilk, every individual that walks into this house, they find common ground of hope beyond their disappointments and their struggles in life. I simply say that God has five purposes for your life. Now let me close my message today by telling you 
just how gracious God truly is. For the first 48 days after my daughter's death, the only image that I could see in my mind was my beautiful 40-year-old daughter slumped in a shed, her life taken by a Glock pistol that was placed to the left temple and exited the right. Her pain had drove her to make a mistake in an instant that she would have never made otherwise. And I was filled with so much grief because she was the one in our family that understood me. She was the one that got me. She was the one that understood dad. And we could talk for hours. And all of the countless hours of growing up, driving across the country, she was the one that sat in the front seat and talked about life and talked about all of those things with me. And now suddenly, in an instant, my life had changed. And I was in such deep grief for 48 days that I did not know that I... In fact, I told God this. I said, God, I don't know that I can ever speak again. I don't know that I can ever tell anybody anything again. I don't have anything to say because my heart has been ripped out by the pain of the unexpected. And I had stayed awake all night on a Saturday night and not not slept one week. At 6 o'clock on Sunday morning, June 26th, 2016, I finally one last time went back in and laid down on my bed. And I had just had a conversation with God. God, in your providence and in your grace, is there any way that you could give me a sign of hope? Is there any way that you could give me a sign that would carry me beyond my grief, my disappointment? And who are we to make deals with God? We try many times, but the Bible says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? It's only his grace and mercy that touches any of us in our deepest struggles. But ladies and gentlemen, as sure as I stand here today, I've never been one that has made a whole big deal about dreams and visions and miracles in my life and my ministry. But I will tell you that if God ever gives you a vision, if it ever comes from God, you will never be able to get over it and you will never forget it. If you've got the faith to reach up with trembling hand and trembling lips and ask him to show you behind the veil and to show you his grace and his mercy, I believe that my God is big enough to handle your request because he handled my request. And what he did for me that morning was this. He allowed me to drift into a deep sleep. And I drifted into a time of vision. And that vision is just as clear these hundred and so many days after. 48 days of grief. And now I saw myself in this vision driving onto the front parking lot of a restaurant. 
There's a restaurant that I did not recognize, and I'm sorry to report that although I'm speaking in Austin today, it was not painted the color of burnt orange, but rather, sadly to say, it was Aggie maroon. I believe that God can give hope out of nothing. I do. And so I sat there waiting because I knew that I was supposed to meet someone. I was, supposed to, I was supposed to have an encounter with somebody, but I did not know who. And then suddenly a gray sedan drove up on the back parking lot of that restaurant. And there were trees that reached to the heavens lining the back of that parking lot. And there was a crystal clear river that ran behind those trees. I see it in my mind's eye today because it's an image that God gave. And so it was, I got out of my car knowing that I was supposed to meet someone and started walking toward this car. And after deep grief, all of a sudden, the driver's door opened to that vehicle and out stepped my daughter, Allison. Her hair was perfect. Her blonde hair was fixed so, so beautifully. Her makeup was flawless. She had the most beautiful gray dress with patterns on it. The last thing that I could remember in my grief was touching, touching her left arm as I put her into the ground. Before that casket was closed, I patted the lifeless arm of my daughter and I felt death personified. But could I tell you that as I made my way toward her in this vision, My arms went out like this. And as my left hand began to reach for her right arm, suddenly I felt not the presence of death, but I felt the presence and the radiation of life more than ever. It was not just life as we know it, ladies and gentlemen, but God allowed me in his providence to touch the glorified body of my daughter that had loved him and served him all of her life, but had been taken so swiftly away from us. That radiance, that power, it was a, it was a, it was a feeling of strength, not of hopelessness. It was a vision that transcended the natural. And as I reached out to take her in my arms... And I took her glorified body in my arms and held it. It was almost as if as she pulled away from me, she turned to the other young lady that she had brought with her that I had not recognized until this moment. And it was no less than my son's wife, Heather, who deals with some of the same problems that my daughter dealt with. It was almost as if God allowed my daughter to appear to me and say, everything's well with me, now you take care of someone else. I've come to this service today to ask you, who will you take care of this holiday season? Who will you allow your hands to give a hug to? Who will you take into your home? The Bible says that if you give a cup of water 
to the least of these in my name. You've done it as unto me. I'm, I'm talking to somebody today in this house. Now, can I tell you the good news? Can I tell you the good news? That whereas up until that time, my life was steeped in grief, God's grace gave me an image that now superimposes itself over my feelings of grief. Every time I try in my flesh to slip back into the struggle of my grief, God reminds me, I let you see into the future. I let you touch the glorified body of your fallen daughter. Could I simply speak to somebody here? The Bible says in this life you will have struggle. The Bible says you will have trouble. But it also says do not be dismayed. For I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Can I tell somebody as you stand in this house this morning. That God, would you stand with me. God has a hope. That goes beyond your disappointment. There's going to be some people that God's going to bring into your world this week that you don't like. But God's going to help you to love them in spite of you not liking them. God's going to allow you to give them a handshake and a hug that's going to break down barriers and is going to allow the kingdom of God because he, he taught us to pray this way thy will be done in earth as he is in heaven if God ever gives you a, if he ever gives you a vision of what's being done in heaven could I tell you that there is no more pain and there is no more struggle and there is no more death and the former things will have passed away And behold, all things are new. And he taught us as his children to pray that his will would be done on earth as is in heaven. Now, I realize that in an audience this size, there's somebody here that's struggling today. And I would ask kindly if our prayer partners would come, if you'd come hastily and stand at the front of this building. Would you stand with me? Could I just speak into somebody's life today that there's no big I's or little U's at the foot of the cross. There's nobody that's any better than anyone else. I found out in my journey of my little insulated life that it rains on the just and the unjust. I found out that good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. I found that God, life and circumstance is no respecter of persons. But I also am learning that God is greater than my struggles. And God's greater than my disappointments. And so while every head is bowed and no one's looking around, I'm going to pray for you in just a minute. But if there's somebody in this room today, if there's somebody that's struggling... Maybe something this preacher has said that 
you know I've spoken right to where you are. Maybe I've spoken right to your struggle and maybe the images and the struggles of your mind, the losses have gone over and over like a loop in your mind and you can't seem to get an answer for. While I pray, I wonder if you'd raise your hand and just simply say, Pastor Ron, I've come to the house of God today and I'm not a perfect individual and I realize that I'm very human and I need, I need God to show me something. I need God to give me a word. I need God to give me a vision that goes beyond my disappointments. If you'd kindly lift your hand, I would appreciate it. God bless you. I'm going to pray over you. Would you lift your hand if, if, if God has touched you today with the word? Father, I'm praying right now in this, in this noon service, Lord, that somewhere, some, somehow, that God would bring people out of these pews right now, out of these chairs. And if you're holding up your hand right now, would you just begin to make your way to the front? of this church right now because there are people right now that are going to pray over your life and God is going to give you a hope that is greater than your struggle today. Come on, friend, if you lifted your hand that you're struggling and if you're that bird on the wire today, maybe you're that skinny bird on the wire that is struggling today, would you come right now? Would you come? There's somebody waiting to pray over you this very moment. Father, I pray that in this house that you would do what only you can do. And God, there are many, oh God, that are making their way, Lord, to the foot of your cross. I pray, oh God, that you would pull back, oh God, Lord, their eyesight and let them see beyond the pale. Let them, oh God, let them see, Lord, the joy that is yet before them. Let them, oh God, get a grip on your grace today. And let your holiness and your righteousness be made available to them by faith. And I thank you for it, Jesus. I thank you for it, Jesus. You in the audience, when you find someone to just take them by the hand and lift their hand to God right now as a symbol of celebration, just find somebody by you and lift their hand up to God by faith. Jesus, I thank you for your mercy and your grace today in this house. Amen. 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 I love you. In the praise God of his glory. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.